putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy, and this is 80s to the 9s, the prom party that lasted a decade. We were entering a new decade. We had cowboy culture in our movies, disco leftovers in our music, current events unfolding on the TV, and the best of times right before our eyes. It was 1980. There was so many cool things that happened in 1980 as the new decade started. So today we're going to cover what was popular on the TV, at the box office, and on the radio. We'll start out with television. 1980. This is this is 7980 year is what we're going to be covering. Uh and we're going to give a rundown of the top 10 shows on television in 1980. And see if you remember some of these shows. See if it jogs your memory and makes you think of a, a, a cooler time in American television. Uh, some of these shows were classics that will live on TV forever. And some of them uh, may be more easily forgotten. Uh, <laughs> so according to the Nielsen Research, the Nielsen TV ratings, this was the top 10 in the year 1980 at the the end of the season of 1980. Uh, Number 10 was One Day at a Time. Remember One Day at a Time? One Day at a Time, the the lady raising two daughters in an apartment, single mom. Uh, You had Snyder was the fix-it man for the 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 maintenance man for the apartments uh you had Mackenzie Phillips and Valerie Bertinelli playing the daughters it was a cool show one day at a time uh that was the number 10 show of 1980 number nine and you got to remember now this was coming out of 1979 so it wasn't quite there yet number nine was the Dukes of Hazzard uh sure it went on to become just wildly popular uh further up the the chart as we would say but in 1980 the dukes of hazard was the number nine show of the year uh as far as ratings you had bo and luke and daisy and uncle jesse and boss hog and who doesn't remember the dukes of hazard everybody i knew Everybody I was in school with, everybody I hung around with, all of my relatives, they all watched Dukes of Hazard. It was a great show. Number eight, The Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. A lot of people consider The Jeffersons a, a, a 70s show. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they, were, they, they went further into the 80s than they did the 70s. I'm not positive about that, but it seems like they did. And the Jeffersons was around for for quite a while. Uh, had some great, great characters. Mr. Bentley, the neighbor. Remember Mr. Bentley, the British guy? Uh, <laughs> great. Uh, and the Jeffersons actually being a spinoff of, of All in the Family with Archie Bunker. So that was number eight. Number seven, this this is kind of a surprising one. Number seven for the year of 1980 was Flow. 
Remember Flo, Polly Holiday, Flo from Alice? Uh, It was a spinoff of Alice. I don't believe it lasted, but maybe one, uh, it lasted one season, maybe two. I honestly think it only lasted one, but Flo was a spinoff of Alice uh, with Linda Lavin, and Polly Holiday played Flo and went on to get her own show and finished seventh for, seventh for the year. Matter of fact, she finished seventh right behind Dallas. Dallas, which finished sixth. Dallas with Larry Hagman and Patrick Duffy. Dallas was just such a cool show back then for the people that watched nighttime soap operas. Uh, I remember my mom, my mom never missed Dallas. She watched Dallas all the time. Uh, but Dallas was was up there, man. You can't find anyone from that era that didn't know what Dallas was. Who shot Jr. was probably the one of the biggest cliffhangers in television history. So Dallas in 1980 was number six. Number five was MASH. Everybody loved MASH. Uh, the, the biggest Nielsen rating for a, a farewell show was MASH, the year that it ended. Uh, MASH was a consistent show Alan Alda and all of those guys, uh, and Loretta Swift consistently at the top of the Nielsen ratings, consistently. Uh, and MASH finished fourth that year, uh, actually tied for fourth place with Alice. So this is fourth and fifth place, I guess. But MASH actually tied with Alice. We talked about Flo being a spinoff of Alice, but MASH was actually in a tie at the end of the year with Alice, uh, with Linda Lavin, uh, Philip McKeon, and, and Polly Holiday, Vic Tabak. Uh, great cast for that show. Uh, number three, That's Incredible. Do you remember That's Incredible? It would show things that were just incredible, things that were hard to believe. Now, this was before YouTube. This was before everybody with a camera phone. Uh, this was uh, an iPhone with a camera on it. This was before all of that. This was uh, just things that people had videos of. Uh, this was before America's Funniest Home Videos, and it was that's incredible. It was a it was a, a really cool show. If I'm not mistaken, it was somewhere on on the on the schedule. It was somewhere either before. Uh, like right before Monday Night Football, or maybe I'm thinking of a different show, but it seemed like it was somewhere around Monday Night Football uh, because we would watch that, and then my dad would watch Monday Night Football. Uh, it seems like that was the case. Uh, I don't know. I was I was young then, so maybe not. But I just remember watching the show. Uh, number two was a staple in uh, – Late 70s, early 80s television. Number two that year was Three's Company. Jack, Janet, and Chrissy, and the Ropers, and Larry, and and the Regal Beagle, and everything that was cool about Three's Company uh, made it to number two in the ratings. So let's give a rundown real quick. You had One Day at a Time, The Dukes of Hazzard, The Jeffersons, Flo, Dallas, MASH, Alice, 
That's incredible. And three's company. So you're saying what could possibly be number one uh, in 1980? But you got to remember something. 1980, you had a lot of news going on. You had the uh, the hostages in Iran. You had um, an election year. You had all of those things going on. So it would only make sense. The number one rated show of 1980 was actually 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes. Uh, I guess you would call a news program. 60 Minutes was the number one show of 1980. So that's that's your wrap up of the top 10 TV shows of 1980. Uh, there were a lot of good shows back then, though weren't in the top 10. Um, you still had the family shows like the Waltons and, and Little House and stuff like that. Eight is Enough. You still had the comedies like Taxi uh, that was around. So a lot of good shows. But 60 Minutes topped them all that year. So you got to give them their props. All right, let's move on to movies. 1980. The top 10 movies of 1980. Uh, number 10. <laughs> one of my favorite movies from that era. Number 10. The Blues Brothers. John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, and a whole host of musical people like Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles and some really cool people in a movie. The Blues Brothers. Number 10. Made $57 million at the box office. <laughs> Number nine in 1980 was uh, Young Brooke Shields in The Blue Lagoon. Number eight was Smokey and the Bandit 2 with Jerry Reed and Burt Reynolds. Number seven was one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and one of my, it's probably my sister's favorite movie of all time. But one of my favorite movies of all time was number seven, and that was Coal Miner's Daughter. Coal Miner's Daughter, you had the story of the life of Loretta Lynn and her marrying Doolittle and them coming out of Butcher Holler, Kentucky to become the queen of country music. Sissy Spacey, they, they could have could not have cast a better Loretta Lynn than they did with Sissy Spacey. That was that that performance was as good as it gets. Um, number six in the movies for 1980. Number six of the highest grossing movies for 1980 was uh, Private Benjamin. Private Benjamin with Goldie Hawn. You remember that they actually they actually created a TV show, um, but yes, number six was Private Benjamin, made sixty nine million dollars at the box office. Number five, Clint Eastwood, any which way you can. You knew the nineteen eighty. You had to know there was going to be a Clint Eastwood movie in there somewhere, and it was any which way you can. And at number five, number four, one of my favorite favorite movies of all time because I love the the this kind of comedy 
the Leslie Nielsen kind of comedy. I loved it. And number four was Airplane. Number four was Airplane. One of the funniest lines in the movie he says to tell the captain, as soon as we can, we need to land this plane and get these people to a hospital. And the stewardess says, what is it, doctor? He said, it's a building where they keep sick people, but that's not important right now. <laughs> you got to love Leslie Nelson. And you got to love Airplane. And a lot of people did because it was the number four highest grossing movie of 1980. It made $83 million in 1980. Number three, just as funny because it had the classic, classic, one of the best comedy duos ever. In 1980, they made the movie Stir Crazy. And I'm talking about Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. They made the movie Stir Crazy, the jailhouse movie uh, that was everything funny about them two, and and just a classic comedy movie. Stir Crazy was number three for the year. Number two, get this, number two was Dolly Parton in 9 to 5. 9 to 5 was the number two grossing movie of 1980, it made $103 million. $103 million. And this was in 1980. Dolly Parton, 1980. The movie was 9 to 5. And the soundtrack, the song did quite well as, on its own. But the movie grossed $103 million. Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. So what could possibly be the number one movie uh, of 1980? Get this now. The number two movie grossed $103 million. The number one movie of 1980 grossed $181 million. So almost $80 million more than the number two spot. There were movies that the rest of the top 10, you got to get up to number three before you even break $100 million. And this one, this movie made almost 80 million more than the second place movie did the number one movie of 1980 of course is the empire strikes back good old luke and darth vader at it again the empire strikes back 181 million 379 thousand six hundred and forty dollars at the box office so that's it. The Empire Strikes Back. Biggest grossing movie of 1980. And I mean, it's Star Wars. Now let's move on and we're going to cover the top 10 songs of 1980. Top 10 songs of 1980. Number 10. Number 10. Okay, first of all, before I start on this, let me say the early 80s. Well, all of the 80s, as far as music, was the best music ever made. But the early 80s, when you were coming out of the 70s, and you were coming out of the disco era, and you still had some of that spilling over into the to the 80s, um, you know, you had, you had bands like Casey and the Sunshine Band that were, the 79, 80 was like their time, you know? So... You had some really good stuff coming out of the 70s, but you also had some really good rock bands that were just kind of breaking in. It was a time 
for some really good music. So the top 10 songs of 1980. Number 10 was The Rose by Bette Midler. The Rose by Bette Midler. It was also uh, recorded, that song was also recorded by the country singer Conway Twitty. But The Rose by Bette Midler finished at number 10 for the year of 1980. Number 9. Number 9 was one of my favorite Billy Joel songs. It's still rock and roll to me. That's one of the songs, when you're looking at rock and roll lyrics, that's one of the best rock and roll lyric songs. It's still rock and roll to me by Billy Joel. Number eight, <laughs> Lips Inc. had the song Funky Town. At the time, I remember my cousin having it on 45 and how in the world that record lasted without the needle just cutting through it as many times as it was played. Uh, it was on every radio station. It was played at the skating rink when you skated. It was played at the bowling alley while, while you were bowling. It was played everywhere. Funky Town by Lips, Inc. Finished at number eight for the year of 1980. Number seven was the legendary Beatle Paul McCartney. Coming up. Like a flower. <laughs> I remember that song. I remember hearing that song, and I and you know I was I was a kid at the time, and I didn't realize it was Paul McCartney singing it. I just knew I liked it. And after I got older and really got into music and stuff, I kind of realized why I liked it so much and why I liked Paul McCartney stuff so much. Uh, yeah, just classic Paul McCartney. Uh, with all his musical genius. Okay, number six, Queen, Crazy Little Thing Called Love was the number six song of 1980. Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Queen. What can you say about Queen? Queen is probably, probably well, they're definitely in the top five, if not the top three, and maybe the number one. Queen is definitely one of the most talented rock bands in the history of music. You don't get any better than Queen. Queen, all four spots were just top-notch, top-shelf, best at what they do. Queen, at that time, you remember, 1980, man. I mean, you think about this. Coming out of the 70s, going into the 80s, you had Queen just hitting one right after the other. They had, you know, a, little, a crazy little thing called Love. Another one bites the dust. Uh, I mean, just... Bohemian Raps, I mean, all of that stuff was was just, it, it just seemed like every time you turned around, Queen had something out that was better than what they came out with before. And it was hard to, hard to come up with anybody that could outdo Queen in the early 80s. Crazy Little Thing Called Love finished at number six for that year. Number five, remember what I said about when we were coming out of the disco era? Well, we were coming out of the 70s, so we had a lot of people that were um, kind of still sounding like the 70s, and that's what number five reminds me of. Number five is Do That To Me One More Time by Captain and Tennille. I remember that song being played a lot as well. Number four, uh, Michael Jackson, Rock With You. Remember that? Michael Jackson, rock with you. The early days of Michael's solo career with the uh, Off the Wall album 
and rock with you was just that was a jamming little tune. Number three, one of the biggest singers of of the early eighties, uh, and and maybe maybe the movie Grease helped with that. I don't know, but it, she was still one of the biggest singers of the early eighties. Was Olivia Newton John, and the number three song of nineteen eighty was Magic. She was everywhere, and Magic was a great song. I mean, Magic was a great song, but Olivia Newton John was doing a lot of stuff back then. Uh, and she finished at number three for the year 1980. Number two, <laughs> number two was Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall, Part Two. Another Brick in the Wall, Part Two. The song, I remember hearing that song when I was, uh, when, well, when it came out. And I remember hearing that song and I thought, what a strange, weird, off the wall unique, awesome, brilliant jamming song. It was one of a kind. When that song came out, Another Brick in the Wall, there I don't know of anything that had ever been done like that. And to me, it was just brilliant. To, to me, it was just, I mean, Pink Floyd, at, at that stage of, of their career, to come out with that song in 1980, it was just, I mean, it, it was game changing for the whole music business because, and, and what I mean by that is before that, everybody was wondering, could they keep up with Pink Floyd? And, and this kind of settled it that they couldn't. <laughs> Pink Floyd was on a whole other level than everybody else. And another brick in the wall proved that. The whole album, The Wall, proved that. And that's why they ended up at number two for the year of top 10 songs of 1980. So that brings us up to number one. Number one. The number one song of 1980 was from the movie American Gigolo with Richard Gere. And the song was Blondie, Call Me. Call Me by Blondie. Blondie was another one of those artists. Uh, much like everybody else in the top 10, Blondie was another one of those artists that around 1980, she was everywhere. Uh, there were People were wearing Blondie t-shirts. People were playing the Blondie album. People were playing, calling the radio station and requesting Blondie songs. Uh, this is about the time she was hitting with, you know, it was, again, one right after another. She had Call Me. She had The Tide Is High. She had Rapture. Uh, I mean, she was just all over the map. Um, you could not listen to the countdown without hearing Blondie. You heard Casey Kasem on the weekends when he did America's Top 40. You were going to hear Blondie. If you just had the radio on cruising around, you were going to hear Blondie. And Call Me was such a huge hit, such a big hit. If I'm not mistaken, Call Me stayed at number one, I think, six weeks. I think it stayed at number one for six weeks. Such a huge hit for Blondie. And that's why it ended up being the number one song of 1980. It was it was such a smash. Some really good songs. Really, you think about the, the program today, you had some really good movies. You had some really good songs. 
you had some really good TV shows. So it only makes sense that we were embarking on what was going to be a really great decade. So let's celebrate it. That's all we have for today. Next time we will cover the year 1981. Until then, celebrate the 80s. It was a great time to be alive. God bless you.